Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Where's the spooky sounds for Halloween, JB? I'll give you spooky. Yes, those spooky sounds can only mean that it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, queens! And welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live. If you're listening in a... Instagram listeners can't hear this, but there's like goblins screaming. We're coming at we're coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, October 31st, 2020, at DNRStudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this nonsense. Email me, me at Adam at AdamSank.com. If you're listening live, call us at 844-825-5367. Tell us what you're dressing up as for Halloween. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, download my comedy albums, get your official ass merch, t-shirts, tank tops, even nipple clamps. The link to all that is adamsank.com. And no matter else what you do, vote. If you haven't already, go to vote.org to find out voting procedures in your state. Cast your vote as soon as you can. By the way, uh, by the time most of you hear this episode, the election will have already happened. Oh my god. It's a very weird feeling that the majority of listeners will will know who the president is yeah. by the time this airs, but we have no idea. So let's pray that Biden wins and that everything is settled within 24 hours of election day mm. and that there is civil rest. Namaste. Uh, today we have a fabulous show. Our guest is uh, a, a man that I've known kind of for like 30 years. Oh, wow. I met him when I was a very young man in Atlanta, and ever since then, he keeps popping up. I always see, like, oh, Michael Alviar is doing something new. Michael Alviar is an author, among other things, and he has written a book called How to Bottom Like a Porn Star. All right. Yes. And the second edition of that just came out. So we're going to be asking him for all sorts of bottoming tips, which I know all three of us and most of our listeners could benefit from. Oh, yes. But first, I need to uh, welcome my co-host, the Prince of Pigs, the one and only Ryan Frostpig. <laughs> Happy Ooh. Halloween, Ryan. Happy Halloween. And also our producer, JB, the queen of fuckery. Hello. If JB, if at any point you can't see yourself on the Instagram oh, screen, let I me know. I can totally see myself. You're valid. Okay. I look great. It's, it's hard because I can't see what the phone sees. <laughs> yes. uh, how are you both? So spooked. Ryan, I understand that you went to your very first drag drive-in show last I night. I did. Tell us about it. Well, it was cold, mm-hmm. hectic, and um, I was so fucking stoned. But we had a good time. It was... The, the, I think what we have learned through this uh, pandemic is that everything that we once knew will never be the same and if it will be the same, it'll be a long time before we'll but, return to any sort of normalcy. But tell the listeners which queens you saw, because there were some high-profile queens. Right, so Voss Events has been doing these dra- 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 drag-and-drive shows. <laughs> Got to get that together. 
Um, all over the country, and so um, it's basically the same girls on every tour. So it's it's uh, uh, Aquaria, uh, Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, um, Cameron Michaels, Ajo O'Hara, Evie Oddly, um, who else? Violet Chachka. I mean, these there. are huge. Uh, yeah, like three winners. Were, how much did were there. this cost you? It was like six. It was like one hundred and twenty dollars per for, car for. Per person, wow! Per yeah, holy fuck! Yeah, it's, that's a lot. They're they're making money, so I mean, and which is good. I'm I'm happy to support the queens because, as we have um, discussed before, entertainers, performers, creatives are really suffering. Yes, um, through this pandemic, as we all are, but really the people that can't do their jobs um, because of um, you know the protocols that are that are being put in place. Right. So. Um, but it's just like, because it's a new thing, you know, like we went to this mall parking lot in Long Island. So we had to drive an hour and a half. I borrowed my friend's car. Thank you, Liz. And she's uh, the most interesting person I know. (laughs) And, um, and then, so when we get to the lot, it's like a lot of people pointing and now I can actually do this because we have a visual. It's like, go this way, go this way, go this way. So you feel like you're in like a haunted house almost because like all these people like coming to your car with like. Yeah, it was it was stressful. And then we had these um we had these really annoying like really ugly straight girls that you know uh, they have to show up at the drag show. Nothing worse than ugly annoying the, straight girls. But that is a huge part of the drag race fandom is like these like high school like hetero girls which like you know they're putting they're spending their money to support the divas and the dolls. So we appreciate but they were they were just so like upset about where their car was parked, and we we later found out that there were all these other parking spaces that were available, but they were putting us all in the back, and it was first come first serve. So we're like, well, if there's spaces up there, then why? So about twenty minutes in, this guy came up to our car who looked like Jared Kushner, and I was freaked out. You were also very high, very very high. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even figure out how to open the window. Like I was looking for the the window button, and I was just scrambling. You know when you're like, <laughs> and so he was like, um, "Your seats aren't very good, are they?" And we were like, "No, no, they aren't." And he was like, "Well, let me let me do something about that." So he moved us up, which made the whole experience better. But then when the show was over, and by the way, the show is only an hour. Like we didn't know for one hundred and twenty dollars. Yes. Oh, this is some bullshit. It's bullshit. I mean, Voss Events. Thank you for doing this, but also you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for stealing my money. Um, but no, it was it was fun. We wanted to do. I did it for my friend's thirtieth birthday, and nice. we wanted to do something fun. Happy Halloween, birthday, Derek. like yeah, Derek. Happy birthday. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I love drag. I love going to support drag queens. Um, but I don't want to go to a drive-in, and because it was. You basically, like, you're in your car. Okay, now we're seven minutes into the show, so let's wrap up this story. Long story short, (laughs) if you like standing in the cold in a parking lot at a mall, go see the drag and drive shows. I don't know how many more they're doing for Halloween, but I know they will do a Christmas one. I'm sure they'll do some others, so. Anya, if you're listening. Anya, if you're listening. (laughs) It's not worth $120. Great. Okay, well, thank you, Ryan. Um, That took so long that we don't really have time for everyone to give their viewing recommendations. I feel like I I talked really fast. I know, but you had a lot to say. Uh, So I'm going to just say that I watched the HBO uh, docuseries The Vow this week, and it was perfect timing because right when I finished it, Keith Raniere, the head of the Nexium cult, was sentenced uh, I don't think this is a spoiler alert. It was all over the news. He was sentenced to 120 years in prison, and he fucking deserves it. What a creepy, horrible man he was. And what's great about the docuseries is one of Keith's closest associates, 
uh, this guy, Mark, this Canadian, is a prof- uh, not Canadian. He's South African. He's a professional filmmaker. He, he had a successful career before he joined the cult. So all the years he was in the cult, uh, Keith Rainier had him film everything. So he had there's endless footage of what went on inside the cult, endless footage of Keith Rainier talking. And um, it's it's horrifying. It's fascinating. It really shows you how cults work and how we think of like only stupid, um, easily manipulated people getting involved in cults. But it can happen to anyone. So The Vow on HBO is highly recommended. And with that, oh, fuck, this is a huge pain in my ass. Yeah, I don't know if this is worth (laughs) the payoff. All right. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into it now. And uh, this, I don't know that we've ever talked about the Pope on the Adam Sank show. I mean, the Pope is not someone who comes up a lot. It's very rare. But this was a huge. Uh, uh, I guess this was a little over a week ago. This was the, one of the biggest things to happen in the history of LGBTQ rights. The Pope has endorsed legal civil unions between gay people. Good for him. Way to go, Pope. Uh, Last Thursday, Catholics woke up to a surprising uh, announcement that the Pope had come out in favor, not an announcement, surprising news, that the Pope had come out in favor of civil unions for gay and lesbian couples. He said, quote, they're children of God. I don't do a good Pope impression. They're children of God and have a right to a family. He had been recorded saying this uh, uh, as part of a feature length documentary. Francesco, which just premiered, he, he added, nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable because of it. And then came the line that has generated all this buzz. What we have, what we have to have is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. It turns out that he actually said that a long time ago, mm. that the documentary used footage from like years ago that was part of a, a different uh, film package or documentary, and the Vatican had censored it. They had taken it wow. out. So it was restored in this documentary. And um, this this will be very, very important yeah. to, you know, most Catholics, especially in the United States, are socially progressive these days, and they do support LGBTQ rights, but they're conflicted because this the doctrine of this church is so anti-gay and so repressive, and yet they have gay people, they have gay, trans, lesbian people in their lives that they love and and respect. And so they've had this moral dilemma. And Pope Francis basically just resolved it. Now, he's not endorsing marriage. Right. Which is. And that's a problem. Yes. Because as we know, civil union, at least in this country, civil unions and marriage are not the same. Marriage confers additional rights on couples that civil unions do not. But what he's saying is that it's perfectly okay for two men or two women to fall in love, have a relationship, and have legal protections under the law. And that is huge. Now, you said it was this was filmed, though, a couple of years ago. Do you think, like, has he commented on this? Like, do you think he has changed? Like- no, he's, he's consistently been, I mean, when he was the, I think he was like the bishop of um, Argentina. Do I have that right? I should really know this. Anyway, wherever he was bishop before he became pope, he he said the same thing. He's been consistent. But would you think he would say marriage? I don't now? think he'll ever say marriage. Okay. I think he, you know, the church is is pretty much 
because marriage is like a, somehow yeah. it involves Jesus and I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jebus? It involves Jebus. And Jebus, uh, by the way, Jesus said nothing about gay people or game or marriage. But somehow when you marry him, it's like you're marrying the church. And there's, there's a whole like marriage thing that mm, goes on. Mm. I'm not Catholic. I don't know these things. <laughs> um, but thank you, Pope Francis. You, you are our mensch of the week. Mensch of the That's, week. What does Andy Cohen say? Our mazel of the week. Mazel of the week. Yeah. Mazel tov, Pope Francis. Mensch of the week. Meanwhile, here in the United States, 70% of Americans now approve of same-sex marriage. 70%. That is huge. That, that is, is huge. bigger than the dick that I sucked yesterday. Oh, my God. More than two-thirds of Americans support same-sex marriage. These are record high numbers according to the 2020 American Values Survey published by the Public Religion Research Institute, or PRRI. Are you into PRRI? I'm, I'm so into PRRI. A random sample of over 25 respondents from every state in the U.S. were asked their opinions on issues ranging from LGBTQ rights to immigration to racial justice and the pandemic. Um, what the, is amazing about this is how quickly public opinion has shifted. Back in just 2017, three years ago, the same survey asked Americans the same question and found that 61% supported same-sex marriage. Let's go back even further. In the 80s, when they would do these surveys, 15% wow. of Americans supported same-sex marriage. Yeah. I mean, talk about a sea change. By the way, there was only one group in which support for same-sex marriage did not grow. Can you guess what that group is? The Mormons? Close. White evangelicals. Oh, yeah. Those mm. fucking white evangelicals ruin everything. Hypocrites. They're such hypocrites, and they're so disgusting. And they all have so huge sex scandals going on. Yeah. Fucking Jerry Falwell right. Jr. Ugh. They're gross. But, um, but this is important because, you know— Trump just appointed the most anti-gay justice of all time to the United States Supreme Court. Amy Covid Barrett hates LGBTQ people. I was calling her Amy Barrett. What was I calling her? Amy Coney Island Barrett. Uh, Amy uh, Cohen Bernstein. <laughs> she, I, if only she were Amy Cohen Bernstein. But, you know, she hates gay people. She's made no secret of that. She, call, she says that we have a sexual preference, first of all. She mm. said that during the hearings. No one uses that yeah. unless you're a huge homophobe. Everyone knows it's orientation right. or identity. She served as a trustee on the board of the these, you know, hateful anti-gay schools. She's spoken out at anti-gay conferences. She is a cunt. Yes. I said Say it. it. I said that word. But it's going to be very hard for she and Alito and Thomas and, and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch to overturn uh, – Windsor and Obergfell, however you pronounce that, because they know, they're aware that yeah. public opinion has so dramatically shifted on this. Right. It would be hugely unpopular, not to mention, what would you do with all the gay married couples? Be like, your, your marriage is no longer legal? Yeah. They'd have to allow them to stay married, and that would create a situation where some gay marriage is legal, but some isn't. Anyway, um, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. And hopefully, um, when you listen to this, Podcasts, we will be uh, back on track to um, because we were. I mean, in 2015, mm -hmm. when marriage equality happened, that was such a huge moment, and we can have more moments like that if we can if we turn this death hell fucking whatever we're on around, we can go back to uh, to 
progressive ideals and um, and equality for all. Like, what the fuck? Why can't liberty and justice for all? But only those that are, you know, Catholic, white. Well said, Ryan. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, and we don't talk about politics that much really on this don't. show. I, I like to give listeners a break. Yes. From the 24-hour news cycle where it's just yeah. Trump, 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 sure. Trump. However, because this is the last time I will be speaking before the 2020 <laughs> election, uh, I, LGBTQ Nation published this wonderful article, 194 Reasons Why LGBTQ People Should Vote for Biden. Mm. And I will now read all 194 oh reasons. God. This is going to be a four-hour show. Stop. No, I. So here's what I did. I decided I'd go through these 194 reasons, and I would pick, like— you know, a few from each year that were really mm. awful, that were the most extreme. Sure. But I couldn't even get through the first year. There were so many in the first year of the Trump presidency that I'm just going to do 2017. I'm just going to do, and it's not all of 2017. These are just like five that I picked out. You should read the whole article. Mm. And you fucking gaze for Trump. How dare you? Like, what are you thinking? Listen to, listen to this. January 20th. That's Inauguration Day, 2017, minutes after Trump was sworn in. Any mention of the LGBTQ community was erased from the White House, State Department, and Department of Labor websites. I remember that. Gone. Instantly. And that's Pence. Yeah. That was something, you know, for Pence yeah. to sign on to the ticket, he had to, ha like, have his way and, and, and wipe out all LGBTQ rights. We were erased. And by the way, it took us centuries— to even be recognized by the U.S. government. Yeah. And, and it finally happened. And we were all over those websites that, you know, they have policies for people of color, policies for immigrants, policies for women, and policies for LGBTQ people. Gone. We were, it, and if you think that this is fake news, you fucking idiots out there, go to whitehouse.gov and try to find one mention of LGBTQ people, gay people, Trans people, you're not going to find them. They're gone on Inauguration Day 2017. In February of that year, ABC News reports that after previously committing to protecting us during his campaign, Trump drafted a, quote, license to discriminate executive order, which would usher in across the board discrimination against the LGBTQ community. February 22nd. With help from Attorney General Jeff, Session, Jeff Sessions, Trump rescinded Title IX protections for transgender students in our nation's schools. So if you're a trans child and you were protected against bullying or being forced to use a, a bathroom or a locker room that didn't match your, your gender identity, that was gone. Mm -hmm. He wiped those protections out. In June, he became the first president since uh, Clinton to decline to issue a presidential proclamation designating June as LGBTQ Pride Month. Actually, I'm sorry. It was an eight-year precedent that was first set by Barack Obama, the most pro-LGBTQ president we've ever had. Yeah. And it's continued every year. Every June, Trump fails to proclaim it LGBTQ Pride Month. Yeah. That's, that, again, has been wiped out. In July of 2017, he banned transgender service members from serving in any capacity in the U.S. military. And in December, the Justice Department argued in support of a baker who denied service to a gay couple. Remember that went all the way to the mm -hmm. Supreme Court? 
the Trump administration was on the side of the homophobic baker. Of course. And we lost that case, by the way. So again, these were just the, the anti-gay highlights of the first year in office. There's hundreds of more, 194 of these. Yeah. Read the article. If you have any question about who, whom you're voting for, please read this article. Mm. Trump and Pence are, are the worst thing to happen to LGBTQ people really since Ronald Reagan. Yeah, definitely. Please just, well, I mean, <sighs> let's just hope. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm all fired up and I've lost my place, Ryan. I know this is really getting to us. Meanwhile, there was something really shitty that happened in Texas and then got reversed. So, uh, Basically, the state government in Texas, which is Republican and led by this piece of shit, Abbott, Greg Abbott, mm. um, they basically issued a rule change that would allow social workers in Texas to turn away any clients who are LGBTQ or disabled. Somehow they thought this was a good idea. And there was an immediate backlash, not just from advocates for those groups, but from social workers themselves. Social workers tend to be rather humane, yeah. decent, caring yeah. people. And uh, the Texas Behavioral Health Executive Council, which is my favorite council, voted unanimously to restore protections for LGBTQ people and the disabled. Um, <laughs> disabled? Like, what the fuck? To the Texas Social Workers Code of Conduct just two weeks after they were removed. Gloria Conseco, who was appointed by Governor Abbott to lead the Behavioral Health Council, expressed regret that the previous, listen to this, that the previous rule change was, quote, perceived as hostile to the LGBTQ community or to disabled persons. Oh, my God. At every opportunity, our intent is to prohibit discrimination against any person for any reason. Lies. Lies, Minnelli. The governor's office had recommended removing language that prohibited social workers from turning away clients on the basis of disability, sexual orientation, or gender identity. The reason that his office gave was that the code's non-discrimination protections went beyond protections laid out in the state law that governs how and when the state may discipline social workers. This is very inside baseball. But, you know, there's a lot of good stuff happening in Texas. Many people feel that Texas could actually turn blue yeah. this uh, presidential election cycle for the first time since 1976. And uh, there's a lot of progressives in Texas. Yeah. It's a huge state, and it's kind of becoming a 50-50 state. And they were horrified by this and so many other things that Abbott does. He's a dick, he's and he's awful. a huge Trump lover. So uh, thank God, and congratulations to gay and disabled people in Texas. And you may now receive people. social services without fear of discrimination. That's wonderful. Wow, it's kind of early. Yeah, you read me for taking up so much time. I know. I think we actually do have more time here. All right. Well, let me do this story, and then we'll go. We, we will include, we'll, we will restore Ryan's and JB's <laughs> viewing recommendations <laughs> to the show. Sorry, everyone. So... Do either of you guys know who Jeffrey Tubin is, or did you know who he was um, before this past week? I think I knew the name before, but I can't remember what he did. Jeffafa? What? Do you mean Jeffafa? <laughs> Dunham? No, I'll play. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> Who's Jeffafa? 
Uh, Jeffrey Sounds like Dunham. a character from Cats. Was, he's a comedian who did the Ventriloquist Dolls. What's his last name? Oh, uh, Jeff Dunham. The Dunham thing. Oh. No, not Jeff Dunham. Jeffrey Tubin is known first as being a, a writer and reporter for The New Yorker, but he's always on television. Uh, he's a frequent um, pundit mm. on, uh, on talk shows. And he was suspended this past week uh, after he was on a Zoom chat with members of the New Yorker staff and also WNYC radio. Um, they were basically doing an election simulation. They were like pretending that they were on the air and discussing the results as they were coming in and possible outcomes. And apparently he thought that his camera was off and he began masturbating during the Zoom call. Wow. After he was uh, suspended by The New Yorker, he came out with a statement and said, quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, family, friends and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Dumbass. Two people who were on the call told Vice separately that the call was, as I said, an election simulation, um, and it featured many of New York's biggest media stars. Jane Mayer was playing establishment Republicans. Evan Osnos was Joe Biden. Jelani Cobb was establishment Democrats. Masha Gessen played Donald Trump. I mean, all these people are assembled, these like prestigious pundits and journalists. And, uh, and there's Tubin. Tubin is playing with his tube steak. <laughs> I, okay, so I have tons of questions about this. Because, <laughs> Me too. Like, uh, I've never been so, even when I play with my friends, I've never been so horny to just whip out my dick and beat, and beat my meat. Like, I will have to stop what I'm doing. Everything needs to stop. I need to walk away. So they, don't, so they don't need to hear me. Why didn't this man just walk away? Why is he doing it in front of the computer? Doesn't he have a phone? Can he look up porn on his phone like everyone else? Mm -hmm. I, so many questions. So big. he's not even like good looking. Even if you want to see his dick, it's just like <laughs> now, if he were good looking, it would have been fine. Yeah, I I have to say I am terrified of Zoom and the and the video and the mute because not that I'm ever like jacking off during a Zoom call, mm -hmm. but sure you are. I mean, I've definitely like normally hmm, hit the bowl like when I'm listening in on a call. So I'm always just so paranoid that like I didn't press the button, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, it's like it, if you're gonna jack off, oh! close the computer. Close yeah, literally close it. Walk just away. close it. <laughs> Do everything else from your phone. And also, like, yeah, just I don't. This is messy. I I obviously felt the same way as you two. I also, I mean, part of me felt sad for Jeffrey Tubin because I thought. He's obviously a sex addict. Mm -hmm. If you cannot control yourself, if you if you have such an overwhelming desire to pleasure yourself when you're working, yeah. when you're like in the middle of like a serious work event, yeah, in the run up to the presidential election, which is like the single biggest night of news in in every four years, then you've got a real problem. Yeah. Like that's a real impulse control problem. And yeah, it was stupid and careless. And I also because I'm on Zoom a lot for work these days, and I I'm. Even if I'm just like, even if I get up to get myself a cup of coffee, I turn my video off. Yeah. Because I'm conscious that like, if I scratch my balls or if I like pick my nose or anything, my coworkers could see it. And so I just, if I'm not sitting in the chair, looking at them, yeah. facing the computer, 
I I just go on. I, Can I just tell I turn a, video a off. really quick story? I promise. Please. Be, I promise it'll be quicker no, than No, it's fine. We have plenty of time. So um, I had a meeting with my boss, and it, and I do I do all my Zoom calls in my room because I have when I'm at my place I have roommates, and I have this um, piece of art that's hanging on my wall that I got on Fire Island a couple years ago, oh, and it's that like kind of art. and it's like yeah, and it's like a it's like a it's like a pastel colored bondage. It's a it's a guy in like bondage. He's all tied up, and but it's in pastel colors, so it's like very pretty. And I realized that I did an entire meeting with this piece of art in my background, like with my boss. <laughs> and she, of course, didn't say anything. And she's great. She's so fun. <laughs> but I was like, this whole time she was probably just staring at my like bondage art. Thinking, thinking like, like what the fuck? He is into some crazy <laughs> shit. And then like from and so now I know I gotta make sure I gotta look at the screen before I start the call and see what is in my you know, what can you see? But yeah, it mm. was you have to be careful and you have to turn off your camera and if you're on like a big zoom meeting, make sure you mute when yeah. you're not speaking. Yeah, I mean, it is dangerous to have anyone watching you when you're in your home. We already have Alexa listening to every fucking thing we say. Girl. This just in, Daniel Reichard <gasps> uh, was uh, on Instagram Live for a moment, and he said, we listened to the show on the way to Provincetown, where we are on, where we are on? Uh, I guess he's on, he's on the island. Hi, Daniel. Sending love. We, so we love you, right too. Back. We love you, boys, love so you. much. Love, love, love you. Love, love. Anyway, a, love, love. a little more information on the Tubin story. Um, so these two people who, who talked to Vice, these anonymous sources, said that they, during this Zoom session, they were breaking off into separate um, breakout rooms on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And um, when the groups returned from their breakout rooms, Tubin had lowered the camera. The people on the call said they could see Tubin touching his penis. Tubin then left the call. Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware of what his colleagues had been able to see, and then they just continued with the election simulation. By the way, there were all these jokes about, uh, we said election simulation, not erection simulation. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I wonder if Jeffrey Tubin knows that there are Zoom parties that yes. he can attend. Which Ryan has been has starred I, in. I have starred in them. And if that's with something Wolf. he's... Jeffrey Tubin? If you are listening, <laughs> just go on Zoom, go on the pig house Zoom party and, and get your life. Get also, your life. Pig house. Like he's married to a woman. If you're that horny, go go eat some pussy. She right there. What, what else is she doing? Well, be like, hey, honey, I'm horny. Let me come eat this pussy. Women aren't always, you know, as sexual as men. And if you're married, you need to be. And if you're married <laughs> to a sex addict, that you're probably like, ugh, just jerk off. But don't do it in front of your colleagues. Like, but you are just sex addict. The man has so much going for his life. And all you have to do is make sure that he doesn't jerk off at work. So just make sure he's not horny. That but just that's why I'm man. saying I think he was uh, he's out of control. Um, anyway, now that we uh, – so we have five minutes until we have to do the commercial <laughs> and then the interview. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us – Alexi, let's, let's start with JB. JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you re what's your recommended viewing for the week? <laughs> Ooh, put up a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, this week's recommendation, I'm watching The Parkers. Hey! With Monique. <laughs> yes, Love and it. Professor Ovalby. <laughs> so that's that's my recommendation. I feel like your viewing is just like a retrospective of black television. It is. In America. Like it, every. <laughs> it is. It's come back. And to as like, well it should be. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, like Netflix has all those shows now. It's so yeah. great. But then, okay, so I'm gonna tell you guys this. It hurt my feelings. Like I never was while growing up. I never like sit there and watch the shows. But as watching these shows now. None of them ended right. None of them got a series finale. <laughs> Season know, finales are notoriously tricky. Yeah, I know. Cause I, guess I was talking to Romaine about this, and she was bringing up white people shows. But, you know, <laughs> white people are everywhere. Y'all have y'all tons of shows that ended. True. Like, I feel like every black person show never got ending. The Wings Brothers, Girlfriends. Half and half. Thank you. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, mm. I see these people and they get an ending. Do I not get an ending? Do, do I not matter enough to get an ending? Oh, your life is hard. Yeah. All right, so the Parkers. Thank yes, you, JB. The Ryan, what uh, <laughs> what would you recommend this week okay. other than a drive-in drag show? So I had a couple that I was going to recommend, but I'm only going to pick one. And um, I, I watched the uh, new Borat movie. Um, and Which I haven't seen yet. Adam hasn't seen it yet. Um, and it was... I enjoyed it. I'm recommending it not because I thought it was like the best film I've ever seen, but because it really is. Um, it's very interesting to think about like 14 years ago when the original Borat movie came out. You were six. I was, I was three. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, that was so, it was such a, the character of Borat was so compelling because in that in those days we we lived in normal times so this like character of borat was like a disruptor you know like yeah. he came in and it really like it, it 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 was something that was so striking but now it's like we live in these like disturbing like chaotic hectic uh absurdist times so like a character like borat doesn't really feel like he's going to disturb anything but he just adds to the conversation because that like, that character is so like like he doesn't believe in the Holocaust, and it's like it's it's satire. It's all satire, but it makes sense within the world that we are. living It's more in. important than ever. Yes, he's a genius, he and really I love him. He is, and yeah, it was just it was just a really like watching that watching this movie at this particular time was um, just did something to me, and also the Giuliani scene, which all the buzz was yes. about in the media. Um, the, I didn't realize how like. It pretty much is the climax of the film. I don't want to give too much away, but um, we got to go anyway because we got to do our commercial. But watch it. Thank you, Ryan. I do want to watch Borat, and everyone that I know has said it was fabulous. All right, JB, I'm feeling very sexy. Can you put on some sexy music, please? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm so feeling so horny. And uh, get our guest on the phone if you would, please. Uh, Ryan, you know when your dick looks like a grain of rice? I do. I hate that. And you just want it to look like a banana. Oh, yeah. Well, now you can have that. You can increase. Uh, and by the way, Bluetooth does not claim to increase your dick size. But I will tell you that when I take it, I get at least an extra inch. Okay. And for me, every inch counts. There you go. Blue Chew can increase your performance and, and give you that extra confidence in bed. Uh, just go to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Right now, when you visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free, all you have to do is use special promo code ASS. A-S-S, and just pay $5 shipping. I fucked that up, so let me say it again. Right now, when you visit BlueChew.com, you will get your first shipment free by using special promo code ASS, A-S-S. That goes for you Instagram viewers, too. Go to BlueChew.com right now, use promo code ASS, and your first shipment is free. Just $5 shipping. 
You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And if you're like Ryan, that opportunity can arise in the most unlikely of circumstances. Oh, honey. You might be standing in line at the grocery store, and all of a sudden, someone just gives you a handy. And you want to be uh, nice in and, 2020, you and never full know. for that. Uh, you can take it any time, day or night. Uh, they're chewable, so they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians. You don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's cheaper than a pharmacy. And they prepare and ship the Blue Chew right to you in a discreet package. <laughs> no awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house. So if you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, once again, special deal for ass listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use special promo code ASS. That's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code ASS to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the ASS. Thank you, Blue Chew. I love that sexy music. Oh, it makes me feel so sexy. Oh, what did I just oh. do to my rundown? I don't know. I need I to feel find it. Oh, no. Oh. All right, here we go. <laughs> Speaking of erections and all things sexual, our guest today is making his ass debut. He is an author, columnist, blogger, and media personality whose latest book is the second edition of How to Bottom Like a Porn Star. Bottom. He's joining us all the way from Atlanta today. So please give a warm ass welcome to Michael Alviar. <laughs> Hey, Michael. Michael. <laughs> Bottom. I'm Michael, I met you. Welcome to the show. Michael, we met over 25 years ago in Atlanta. Do you remember? I know. I, re I do remember. I had many of my friends who wanted to apply the principles of my book to you. In what Ooh. sense? <laughs> oh, because I was such a bottom? <laughs> no, because you're good looking. <laughs> Michael, we met. Here's my memory. It was like 1993. I was 22. Right here. And it, yes, Ryan was born that year. Same. No, I wasn't. <laughs> you, we, I don't know if it was at your house, but we were both at this weird gay discussion group. Do you remember? Wow. Yeah, vaguely. It was vaguely. like before the internet. And so we would just come together to discuss issues. And what I, all I remember is that at, at one of these meetings, one of the guys said, well, I identify as bi. Which at the time seemed hilarious to me. Now I would just be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I was, it was the first time I'd ever heard anyone use identify in that way. Right. But anyway. Ever it wasn't me. I can tell you No, that. Nor, nor I. <laughs> but ever since then, the name Michael Alviar has just popped up in my life and consciousness in the most unexpected ways. I feel like I hear about you at least every five years. And now you've well, written this book. Good. And you wrote the first edition of uh, How to Bottom Like a Porn Star in 2014. Why a second edition now? How has bottoming changed in the last six years? <laughs> Profiles in bottoming. You know, I wanted to advance the discussion, and I think I did it by uh, doing, creating publishing history because this is the first sex guide that has illustrations in it. Yes. And I'm not talking about soft, you know, hazy illustrations of people hugging. I mean, it is, they are medical illustrations and they feel like you've worn x-ray glasses to a porn shoot. So <laughs> I, what, I, what I wanted to do, this, this is kind of funny. I told my graphic designer, I said, 
I want you to gross me out and turn me on all at the same time. Wow. What a challenge. (laughs) And if you see them, I mean, they are, they're shocking, but they're, they'll give you a little stiffy too, all at the same time. And, uh, and you can see them actually, you can see some of them on my site, like a porn star.net. But the full, there's like 24 illustrations are, are in the book. And I think they are groundbreaking. I think they're going to, you know, the book just came out and I think, the idea of using using visual aids to show you what happens when you penetrate somebody in the wrong angle mm. and, and how the head of the penis will hit the prostate, which will be a very painful experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm very uh, excited about it. Uh, we have some audio here just to illustrate what you're talking about. Michael, how many hours of research did you spend bottoming in order to write this book? Bottom. <laughs> You know, actually, it wasn't like that at all. It was more research and talking with physiologists, with uh, people who are expert in anatomy. It came from 20 years of writing a sex advice column in mm. which, you know, people ask me the question, the, the, the most frequently asked questions kind of thing. And, uh, it, you know, it was. I don't know if you know this, but how I first started this book, this was supposed to be uh, a book about how the porn industry managed to bottom. I mean, what what, what I wanted to do is like, I wanted this sort of like spread eagle view of how porn star bottoms carry the cargo. <laughs> right, because we because like, when you watch porn, it is amazing that these guys can take just these huge cocks and not just take them but take them for long periods of time with extreme pounding. I'm always like, I'm turned on by it. And at the same time, I'm conscious that I could never do it. Yeah. I mean, so that's what I wanted to find out. I wanted to find out like, how did the guys who bought them, how can they take guys hung like the Florida panhandle without even flinching? You know, how do they get those? So much fun. And you say, I mean, there are many techniques that you offer in this book and people really have to read the book. But like, what's the most important thing that a bottom can do in order to accommodate a really big cock? Well, this won't come as a shock, but it's about there's two things. One is you have to be able to relax your sphincter. And that sounds really easy, but one of the things you find out, I think the, mo- the most shocking thing that people find out when they read the books, I can see it in the reviews, is uh, that most people don't know that you have two sets of sphincter muscles, and one of them is uh, within your ability to control, and the other set is not. It's, it's a part of the autonomic nervous system, so like your heartbeat, you can't control it. And so you're saying um, I have two sphincters, two, two sets of sphincter muscles Mm. that guard the anal canal. (laughs) And so in my book, what I show you is how to override that other set of sphincter muscles. And uh, I wanted to try it with you. With me Yes, let's do it, please. (laughs) And all your listeners, they can be doing it with us. So I, so because I couldn't find, you know, first of all, let me back up. The, uh, the whole book was supposed to be, (laughs) 
the whole book was supposed to be about how the porn industry manages the pain of anal sex. And what I found out, I realized my book is ruined. I cannot base the book on that because their secret is drugs. Yes. Drugs, drugs, drugs. And I could not responsibly, you know, you know, shape a whole book around that. So what I what I figured is that I, I didn't have a secret to write about anymore. So I invented one and I got a bunch of doctors and uh, anatomy experts and physiologists to come up with what is the best way of relaxing your sphincter. And what we came up with is something called PNF. And this is not a joke. It's called proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And a lot of your listeners will recognize that if they are uh, trainers or medical students or people who just have, you know, physical therapists know this very well. And it's basically a contraction release method that gives all the muscles, including the sphincter, if you do it right, get this, no choice but to relax. So how do we do this? So, okay, so basically at its most basic level, PNF is about achieving complete muscle failure. And the way you do that is you tighten your muscle as hard as you can for as long as you can until you can't do it anymore and your body just relaxes. Are we talking essentially so about, about like butt Kegels? Um, no, no. Not at all. That's one of the things. So I, we, we're, we're calling this the 60-second sphincter release method. And the reason we call it 60 seconds is that most people cannot clench their sphincters for more than 60 seconds. So if you're willing to do this, do you have a stopwatch? I mean, I can sort of like – Yeah, we have a watch on the wall here, a clock on the wall. Okay. So when, um, when, when you're ready to start, I want you to clench your sphincter – as hard as you can. Okay. And Ready? then I'm going to take you Four, through. Three, two, one, clench. All right, go. All right, now you got to clench. And all of your listeners, if you're if you're driving, if you're reading, whatever you're doing, just start clenching your starfish as tight as you can. Do not let go. Your whole life depends on it. Tighter, yeah. tighter, tighter, tighter no. than it. Then a clam's ass. Oh my goodness. That kind of I feel like I'm holding my breath too. I shouldn't be holding my breath, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like... No, no. So you want to clench, 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 clench. And then what's going to happen is that, you know, from zero to 30 seconds, most people are like, oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. I'm already, I can't do it anymore. I gave up. Right, right. I made it right. about 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Okay. <sighs> so, you know, you go through this sort of like DEF CON five moment, right? And then what happens is, Amazing, because if you stop and think about what happened, you achieved complete sphincter relaxation for that moment. Now, imagine if you can time that with initial penetration, you would you, you would basically be penetrated when your sphincter is so completely relaxed that it cannot even do a rebound clench. Hmm. And so I present to you music, painless bottoming. Hold on, we're huh. we're getting the music ready. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it down, dude! It's so loud. 
All right. Painless bottoming. I mean, listen, I think we all, those of us who have bottomed a few times, mm. we all understand this to a certain extent intuitively, right? Because we know that when the dick is really good and when we're really enjoying ourselves, it doesn't hurt. Great. Yeah. Right. So we must be able to right. do this intuitively. But uh, the thing that amazes me, and, and some of this I think is is photography because in a porn movie, you know, you'll be watching a wide shot where the guy's pounding him for like five solid minutes. And then you see a close up shot of the exact same thing. It's not that they're that I think they're doing it half as long as it, as it appears to be, but they still get fucked for a much longer amount of time than I can. I right. can take a big dick for like five minutes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you prolong it? I think is the question I have. Well, part of it also is the position that you're in because what is the best position? I think a lot of well, read the book. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Shade. No, actually, the best position. Yeah, right. Shade. How do you spell shade? <laughs> the best position is any position that puts your knees at a ninety degree angle to your torso. For so me, that's doggy style. Yeah, right. So that it could be doggy style. It could be squatting. And there's a very important reason to understand. Ryan's why trying to do it right now. So. Trying to figure it out. <laughs> He's not good at math. He doesn't know what a 90-degree no. angle is. <laughs> so so in, my, in my book, I show you how to do some exercises, like in the shower, where you can insert a finger in different positions, and you will see and feel the difference of what that means. So I want you to picture something, because most people, when they think of their, their whole anal apparatus, they think of it as a sort of like an apartment uh, garbage chute, right? <laughs> like you open it, you open it up, and your anal, just, you know, everything is just a straight line down the building, yes. right? I mean, that's that's how most people think, but that's not what's happening uh, in in your uh, your anal canal. Y your 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 rectum is actually has an S curve to it. It is not that apartment garbage chute that goes straight down. It has two curves to it. Mm. And the only time that it straightens is, for instance, when you take a dump. Ah. And, and whenever your knees are particular to your toe. <laughs> it's hard to not to take that as an editorial review of this interview. <laughs> not, not at all. No, this is a fascinating interview. I, I meant to ask you, by the way, Michael, because the biggest fear that any bottom has is that it's going to be messy. And uh, you say in the book that diet, it's all about diet. Yes. And cleaning yes. to a certain extent, but 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 explain how important fiber is. Okay, so fiber is what basically adds bulk to your feces, and so your feces can then go through the anal canal, through uh, through the anus, and out into the toilet. And you have you have to understand. When things get messy, <laughs> you are out of control with the sound. I know. Today. I was ready. <laughs> Just out of control. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> and so, if if you think about it, uh, when things get messy when your stool is not compacted. 
It's when it's looser. The looser it is, the dirtier your underwear will be. Yes. The dirtier your, uh, you know, the pubal rectal area is going to be. Mm-hmm. So fiber can help you bulk up so that things pass very smoothly with leaving just a small residue, which you can then finger mop in the shower and you're done. Right. When I, when I, and I take like fiber supplements every day, mostly for this reason, but when I poop, like there's hardly anything on the toilet paper when I wipe because it all just comes out. It's like one big solid thing. Ryan, I think has a question for you, Michael. Yeah, Michael, I have a question because you, you talk about, you know, um, recreational drugs and you also talk about poppers Mm -hmm. and you say that you're not a huge fan of poppers. My question is just about like, you know, we talk about these techniques that one can do to prepare, but then there's the assist, right? So you people will use poppers, they'll use lube. Can you talk about what uh, your feelings about poppers and, and how lube plays into all of this too? Because I've, I've watched porn before where I've seen like a big dick go into a very tight, tight hole with zero lube. And I, I can't quite understand how that how that works without some sort of popper. Yeah. Well, that's the magic of editing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In great part. True. But but it's a great question. I love the way you put poppers as an assist. Yes. Um, well. that's, that's, a, that's a funny that's a funny way of putting it. But the reason that I'm not a fan of of poppers is for a couple of reasons. You, you, You've probably already heard that they can be dangerous, especially if you have any kind of heart condition mm. or blood pressure uh, situation. Um, but there's something for, for me, this is, I have a different objection. And that's that um, when you use something artificial, you are then going to be dependent on it. Mm-hmm. So that means, see, poppers really do work. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, they work. They, they mm-hmm. will loosen you. Yes. But the problem is you won't know how to relax because you're using an outside agent to do it for you. So that means the next time you bottom and you don't use poppers, you're going to be in as much pain and you will be as tight as you always were. It's kind of like the difference so, between natural childbirth and having an epidural. Yes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Well, but the thing is, like, it is possible to bottom without pain. And Adam, you you brought up this uh, 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 something I devote a chapter to, which is something called anticipatory pain, mm. and that is that is one of the things that stops people from bottoming at all. And and even if they do it, they end up not enjoying it because it's so painful. And the thing about anticipatory pain is that it's just basic self talk. That if you fill your language, if you, if you fill your brain with the language of expected pain, like thoughts like this is going to hurt like hell. I'll never walk again. Brace mm. for impact. <laughs> your butt will clunch. You're you know, psyching yourself clench. out. Yeah, exactly. You will bring about the very thing you fear. So the first thing I would advise to newbies especially is that – you have to know that it doesn't have to hurt. Right. And, 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 and you know this because you can ask some of your friends who bought them and they don't experience pain because they've mastered bottom. Michael, we have like two minutes left to play my favorite game. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. When you were a child, did you prefer the top or bottom bunk? 
top. When it comes to ass, do you prefer smooth or hairy? Smooth. Me too. Who is your all-time favorite porn star? Oh my gosh! I, what are names? You know, <laughs> right? You just know the the dicks and the butts. The only images to me, right? What is your favorite Cole Porter song? WAP. <laughs> Wet ass pussy. <laughs> I'm sorry. The correct answer was you're the top. Uh, okay. Oh F Mary kill. You have to fuck one, marry one and kill one. This is the Halloween edition. Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, the mummy. So I have to, for, for each one of those. Yeah. You have to fuck one, marry one and kill the other. <sighs> Frankenstein. I would kill because he would kill me. Uh, What's the other one? Dracula and the mummy. Oh, I would definitely fuck him. Definitely. The Dracula. I'd have a, I'd have a lifetime of orgasms. Um, and the mummy, I guess I would marry. Because that way he wouldn't be able to say a word to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you dressing up as for Halloween? Uh, a porn star. Perfect. And when will your next book, How to Top Like a Porn Star, be coming out? It's out now, and it too has illustrations. Is do you, is that for real? I didn't know you had that book. Yes. So there's yes. so there's it's a companion book. So you can whether you like to fuck or get fucked. Michael Alviar has books that will tell you everything you need to know. With illustrations. Uh, let me ask you one last question: Are some guys just have like are are they just naturally more capable? Like, are some buttholes just better at taking dick inherently than yes. other buttholes? I think that's a really fascinating question. And the answer is yes, because some people, they have a natural ability to relax. And the other thing is that their S curve in their butts. Remember, we talked about the apartment garbage chute straight. It's not straight. There's an S curve. Some people's S curve is just not as pronounced as most normal people. So they can take cargo that you and I could never even imagine. I love that you describe dick as cargo. I keep picturing like a luggage tag <laughs> hanging off of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think my S curve is more like a K curve, actually. And I have noticed that like those guys that try to fuck you kind of from the side, that is so uncomfortable for me. I don't understand right. that position at all when they kind of, you know, are sideways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But it's also because of the way your body is built. Other people don't mind it at all. Michael Alviar, your book, How to Bottom Like a Porn Star and How to Top Like a Porn Star are both available uh, wherever books are sold. How can people follow you on, on the Internet, on websites, on social media? Give us all your plugs. Yeah, likeapornstar.net. I have epic free blog posts on bottoming, on topping, and everything in between. And uh, how can people follow you on social? Do you do the social media? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I'm kind of off the grid with, with, with that. Good for you. That's probably healthier. Well, get out and yeah. vote. Have you voted yet? I have voted. Are you kidding me? Georgia is so important, that, too. Oh, if we don't get that racist Rottweiler out of the White House, I am just going to 
move to France. Amen to that, honey. Michael Alviar, thank you so much. It's great to talk to you again after 25 years. Uh, thank you, Michael. I will be studying your book like it was the bar exam. Yes. <laughs> Some late reading. Well, thanks, Adam. Thanks great for talking, talking to us. To Ryan and JB, Ryan please plug today. yourselves. I'm at, at Ryan Frosting <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at Stocking Anarchy 12 only Instagram. Thank you so much. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest comedian Christy Miller. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Vote blue no matter who. Vote blue no matter who. Vote blue no matter who. Vote blue no matter. Have a great week, bitches. Thanks for listening to subscribing. Okay.